Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Baltimore Ravens entered Monday night as the underdogs, but played like the best team in the NFL. Also, what has happened to the Chiefs? And Joe Flacco is an elite surprise for the Browns. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The Baltimore Ravens made no secret. They did not appreciate being underdogs to the San Francisco 49ers. And then they made it apparent on the field. Brock Purdy with not one, but four Christmas gifts to the Baltimore Ravens. Sam Darnold threw an interception, making it five just for good measure, just to seal it in a 33-19 beatdown that now gives the Baltimore Ravens the right to say, we told you so. Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens joins me now. And Kevin, uh, the offense uh, put together some impressive drives in this one, 33 points against a really good 49ers defense. But what this defense did against an offense that had been a thresher all season, which side of the of the ball in this one deserves more flowers. I mean, you could give them to all, including Mr. Zay yeah. flowers himself. Everyone. Yeah. But I, I, I do think <laughs> that, look, the defense set the tone early. They got ran down by George Kittle at the beginning of that drive, the first one, but then Kyle Hamilton has the interception. And I think after that, Brock Purdy kind of was never the same. I think he lost a lot of confidence, gets unlucky on the second and third ones, which are batted in the air, but you just saw the confidence continue to drain out of him over the course of the game. And it wasn't like the Ravens were getting home until late. Obviously, once they had a couple of linemen who went out late, obviously Trent Williams being the big one. But offensively, too, I mean, the Ravens took advantage. We've seen with this team that sometimes the defense will give them the ball and then the offense will stall out in the red zone. Well, wasn't the case for the Ravens this time around. And it wasn't like they scored on every single red zone drive, but they had six opportunities they converted touchdowns on three of them, and you're feeling pretty good if you're the Ravens with the way the defense has been playing, as you talked about. If you can score three times, albeit against San Francisco, who I still believe is one of the best teams in the NFL, you can win that game. But what the Ravens proved in this game on Monday night is that they themselves are the best team in the NFL. And, and certainly, it, it seems like that's changing week to week, but right now, today, I, I don't know how you make any other argument because it seems so obvious it was San Francisco, well, head-to-head, Baltimore just put it to them. Um, this was a, a litmus test for Baltimore in the AFC uh, with the Chiefs not looking like the Kansas City Chiefs. They lose to the Las Vegas Raiders with a rookie quarterback. Uh, we don't know what the rest of this AFC is really bringing to bear here. Not really a lot of pedigree teams out there. Baltimore, this has to feel like their best chance to really go on a run, really since Lamar was MVP. Yeah, the AFC right now is wide open, and I think it's wide open for the Ravens, not wide open for any other team. Because you look in all those teams, if the Ravens can win against Miami now with this win against San Francisco, they will be the one seed. The playoffs will run through Baltimore if that's the case. But Miami seems to have another major injury every single week. Kansas City, you mentioned, is falling apart right now. Jacksonville has already fallen apart. Yeah, Buffalo is looking pretty good. There are a couple of teams, but this Ravens team right now, 
I don't think there's a team that challenges them in the AFC. And obviously you got to play the game, right? It's a week to week league. Anything can happen. But to me, the way that the defense has played all season and the way that the offense has started to put together some consistent performances, scoring 30 plus in quite a bunch of their recent games here. It's what we envisioned when we were talking all offseason on Locked on Ravens and throughout the league just about, well, what is the potential of this Ravens team on all three cylinders right now? They're hitting it. And to me, I think it's the most impressive thing because we talked about coming out of that bye week. They had a gauntlet. It was the Rams. Then it was the Jaguars. The 49ers still have the Dolphins and Steelers coming up, but they're 3-0 in that gauntlet, and they're proving that they're battle-tested with these wins, and they're making a lot of people eat their words, some of that disrespect, as they called it this week, and there was plenty of it. Yeah, and, and a team that, what, had lost three games all season, manufactures opportunities to feel disrespected because it usually does not happen this late in the season that that they are actually disrespected. Uh Lamar Jackson, did he just flip the MVP on its head? Because it, I don't know. It can't be Brock. Brock Purdy got benched. I don't care what the 49ers say. Stinger, you throw four interceptions and you're down three scores late. You got benched. I'm sorry. So Lamar Jackson, can he slide in here and steal this one? I think he's going to. I mean, I don't know who else you picked. Dak Prescott had the stinker a week ago and obviously didn't pull out the game against Miami. You can make an argument maybe for Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill, maybe a non-quarterback player. But I know that Josh Allen's name has crept up in the conversation, but to mm. me, it's a lot of conversation. You can even, I'll throw some basketball in here between Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid. It comes down to sometimes who's who's the higher seed sometimes, who has the better record. Sometimes it works out that way. If the Bills win the AFC East and they take it from Miami, maybe it's a different conversation, but I think Lamar is by far and away the front runner right now. A couple more strong performances in week 17 and week 18. I think he brings it home and, and is a two-time MVP here. Stay up to date all year on the Baltimore Ravens by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Ravens on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what is wrong with the Chiefs right now? Before we answer that, there was a full slate of Christmas Day NBA action to get to. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more, plus weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunity to increase your payout. A great matchup in OKC tips off tonight as the Thunder hosts the T-Wolves. FanDuel likes the Thunder at home. Four-point favorites over Minnesota. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout, same-game parlays, a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Warriors and the Nuggets matched up in a battle of the past two NBA champs. You would be forgiven for believing the game was taken out of the players' hands as our Locked On Warriors hosts detail. There were some positives to come out of this game. The Warriors play the defending world champion Denver Nuggets, a team I feel very strongly that is, is 
the biggest obstacle, the biggest test for the Golden State Warriors. If they're going to win a title, they're going to have to beat this Denver Nuggets team. And they have the talent to do so. I think they proved that today. They lost this game 120-114. They were leading at the half, I believe. Uh, I believe the halftime score, uh, yeah, they were leading by one point at the half. They were trailing by just three at the end of the third quarter. And it was a game where it certainly felt like the Warriors were playing the Denver Nuggets and the officials. This was a horribly officiated game. Miami Heat once again showed their roster depth as they beat the Sixers with one Jimmy Butler tied behind their back. He beat the 76ers 119-113. Jaime Hawkins Jr. with 31 points on his Christmas Day debut. Bam Adebayo, 26 points, 15 rebounds, and 5 assists. Tyler Hero put up 22 points. The Heat came back from 10 down early in this one. They led by as many as 21. The game was close at the end. But Jaime, Bam, and Duncan Robinson helped them put the game away in the fourth quarter. Uh, no Jimmy Butler, no Joel Embiid in this one. But David, what stood out to you about this game? I think it was just that. I think it was a matter of trying to figure out your identity without your stars. And as we've said all season long, Miami's depth has been such a big strength for this team. And they've gone through a number of games without Jimmy, without Bam, without Tyler, always trying to figure out who they are. And while Philadelphia was able to mount that late comeback, I think Miami was much better suited for trying to figure out exactly who they are without these players missing and expand up, figuring it out. And Jason Tatum did the little things right, plus Chris Stapp's Porzingis was as large as his shadow as the Celtics down the Lakers. Chris Stapp's Porzingis uh, comes back from the one-game absence from the sprained ankle. 28 points, 11 rebounds to assist the steal, a couple of blocks. He was fantastic, and he led all five starters were right around 20 points. So Porzingis, obviously 28. Tatum had 25, and not on a great shooting night. I didn't think he was aggressive enough for most of the game offensively, but finished with 25 because he got to the line 13 times and hit 12. Eight rebounds, seven assists, 20, 25, eight, and seven is, is a nice a nice line. And he did a lot of the, uh, the little things. He... Joe Mazzulla loves to talk about screen assists and very simply a screen that sets a guy to go and score. The point is that he did the, all, all the little things to help the Celtics uh, when when this, the scoring wasn't there. Here is another story you need to know. The Chiefs defense has been strong all year. The offense, surprisingly not so much. As our Locked on Chiefs hosts point out, they failed the team on Christmas Day. This is a case, Matt, in my mind, first and foremost, they just didn't show up. They weren't prepared. This looked like a lackadaisical team that had a very, very narrow game plan that once that was thwarted, didn't have an answer. Am I am I off base in any way? I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I would say that it, it was a team that was not on the same page. I mean, I think that they, they showed even from the, the trick plays that they tried to roll out. Um, that they were they were not exactly throwing everything but the kitchen sink, but I think they put a lot into this game plan offensively. Um, but simply, they were not up to the energy level of the Raiders once again, which happened in Las Vegas. It happened again today. That has been a consistent theme. Um, but really, it was it's a tale of two sides of the football. Defense, to me, played really, really good. A uh, couple of plays that maybe they'd like to have back, but 
I also think they were kind of situationally driven. I know we'll talk about that later. But offensively, this was a, a team that was off kilter all day long. Um, they Nothing was really timing right. The offensive line was out of sync. The receivers were, again, out of sync. The quarterback was out of sync. Um, nobody was kind of keeping to the same same beat. And when that happens, you get performances like today. I think that the biggest, most frustrating thing is that as bad as the Chiefs' offense was, the Raiders' offense was worse, and they, they still won the game. Yeah, it's very hard to lose that game. But uh, the big thing that we talked about is you can't lose the turnover battle. And Kansas City did that. And, you know, Ryan, you and I talked about this specifically. Can't lose the turnover battle and you can't give them short fields. Well, they didn't even give them short fields because – it was two defensive touchdowns against the Chiefs. Uh, so you look at what the Chiefs' defense did for the day. They did their job. What they allow? Uh, six points, seven points, something like that. Uh, and you're sitting here in a situation where the the offense gives them 12 points. Yeah, this I mean, is not it, something. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, Matt. This is not. No, no, no. Yeah, I just was going to say. I mean, yeah. I mean, you give up, you give up two field goals after on the defense, and I'll go ahead and put the two point conversion on their side since they were on the field for it. But other than that, your defense gives up eight points. Your yep. your offense gives up twelve. That's uh, you're not going to win games like that, and that's 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 why they lost the game. Pure and simple. Offense lost this game. That's the bottom line. That's the headline. And that's, that's I think, probably the most frustrating thing for, for most folks out there. There were the miscues. Um, I'm, I'm all for running Wildcat. I think there are multiple guys on this roster that can run Wildcat. You don't have to have Pat Mahomes under there. But running an RPO from Wildcat to Mahomes himself in a reversal of fortunes that just doesn't make sense to, A, put him at, at risk behind the line of scrimmage should someone get penetration in the A-gaps quickly. It just felt like the whole thing was more contrived than it was just about beating the Raiders. And I come back to the coaching staff on that. They didn't seem to have answers when their passing game wasn't working. When they were getting all that pressure, I didn't see them attacking the middle where some of the vacancies were to be had. And that, I feel, comes back to the preparation for this game. Again, I felt like they looked past them and we're looking at what comes next, the Cincinnati Bengals, rather than focusing on, yes, it's already a situation on Christmas Day we're going to buckle down and just hammer this home is there anything else that they should have done or maybe been a little bit more attuned to yeah and you look at Travis Kelsey what was it on the second drive of the game as a drop where uh, if he catches that ball it's probably second and two and then the next play it's second and ten and then they get a false start penalty uh, and then you're just back behind the eight ball again trying to get to a point where you can run your offense and you can be successful well you're not going to be able to do that when you continue to turn the ball over the way they did today, but to also to get some stupid penalties like they did as well. And then you start looking at, you know, what you talk about, Matt, specifically, I felt that there was times where he looked like he was looking directly at MVS, who looked wide open, at least from the back view, uh, and you can't see everybody on the field, and he doesn't throw the ball. It didn't look like there was anybody around MBS at all, and I understand to some extent not even wanting to throw him the ball, but at the same time, those are the throws you have to take uh, I think he ended up probably scrambling and getting a first down on the play anyway, and, and the offense continued. But those are the types of plays you just can't just let sit there. Yeah, I think it may have been on the same drive because uh, either it was the same play or I think maybe a different play. But uh, I think there was a play where MVS was opened. I think they eventually got the touchdown to Justin Watson. Um, 
could have been a different drive, but I mean, I know there was an opportunity there. Um, it seemed like there was another throw that uh, Noah Gray was pretty wide open and, and Mahomes either just didn't see it or took off scrambling. I mean, I get it. I mean, he's not going to have perfect vision in the pocket. I'm going to see things from the box that yep. he can't see on the field. But at the same time, we're used to Mahomes making those reads and being able to see those things before we do. Stay up to date all year on the Kansas City Chiefs by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Chiefs on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Joe Flacco. Yes, that Joe Flacco is absolutely on fire for the Browns. The Cleveland Browns were just hoping for someone to keep the ship afloat when they added Joe Flacco to the roster. As Locked On Browns host Jeff Lloyd points out, he's done far more than that. It, it, I don't even know what the words are or enough superlatives can be given to this guy who just came in essentially out of nowhere. Uh, you know, nobody was interested in Joe Flacco. He has thrown 1,307 yards and four stars. He is averaging uh, a little bit over 325 yards per game to this point as your Cleveland Browns quarterback. Four starts, 10 touchdowns to this point, seven interceptions. Yes, not great, but you can understand the interception number as a guy who's getting acclimated to a system, getting acclimated to new talent, and it's it's gone incredibly well. Obviously, David Njoku gets in the end zone yesterday. Again, new career high for touchdowns for the Chiefs this year. This whole thing of bringing in Joe, and you know, again, the everydayers know things I've talked about here over the last couple of weeks with Joe. This Browns offense is getting vertical. At a point we have never seen before during the Kevin Stefanski regime here. Uh, and yes, this is always something coaches had, but it's just having the comfortability to go to it and having the true and utter belief in somebody to do it. And Joe Flacco, look, there's been times with Deshaun Watson, but we really have not gotten to see that far of an extended stretch of Deshaun Watson to see it all come together like we have for Joe here over this past month. This Brown season shows two things. The first is one coach can change everything for your team. Jim Schwartz has come in and righted the ship defensively in a way that they haven't seen in Cleveland in a long time. This is one of the best defenses of the last 10 years by some metric. And it's mostly the same players that they had last year when they couldn't stop a nosebleed, especially on the ground. It's a change of mentality. It's a change of philosophy. And it's got everyone working in harmony. It also speaks to the impact of one coach, Kevin Stefanski. They happen to have two coaches who are doing this, one on each side of the ball. Stefanski got Baker Mayfield to play at not an elite level, but a quality level, good enough to get them into the postseason, despite his limitations. Now they bring Flacco in off the street, and even without Nick Chubb, they're able to play this different style of football. Let's throw it around the yard. Let's throw for 300 yards. And it's, it's Joe Flacco. And they've still been able to do this because Kevin Stefanski has been dialing up just the right calls in just the right situations. And by the way, anyone could have had Joe Flacco. The Jets, who recently employed Joe Flacco, could have had Joe Flacco. And they would probably be in the playoffs right now if they did that. But one coach, and in this case, two coaches, but one on either side of the ball, has fundamentally changed this Cleveland Browns team. And what's crazy is it's clear that they didn't even need to do the Deshaun Watson trade to be in this place because they now have two coaches who can elevate everyone. And finally, 
Zamir White promised the Las Vegas Raiders offensive lineman that he would buy them each a pair of Jordans if he went over 100 yards rushing Monday. He had eclipsed 28 yards in a game only once in his brief career, so it seemed like a safe bet. And then he got 145 yards on 22 carries. Raiders right tackle Jermaine Illuminor said of White, I'm happy for him because coming into the start of the season, people were talking about him and saying he's a wasted draft pick and stuff like that. Illuminor has to also be pretty happy that he and his line mates just beefed up their shoe collection. Locked On launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, is Victor Wembenyama the shoe-in for Rookie of the Year? We all expected him to be. So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on sports today.